Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, equipping men for growth in your faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. Check out menofiron.org to learn more about how you can get involved in or support the vision of changing a culture one man at a time. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, Chad Zook. Well, this is the Men of Iron Podcast, and my name is Chad Zook. I'm the host of the show, and today we're talking about spiritual maturity or spiritual growth. This is episode 65. Welcome for all of you men who are listening in and digging into this content week after week. It is our hope and our desire to bring great content that is applicable to your life because we believe that we can change the culture one man at a time when one man gets it and he embraces and applies these truths everybody in his in his sphere changes for the better that's what we believe and today on the show i have garrett barbush he has been on the show the last two weeks uh, i refer to him as presidente or ceo he's all of that he's everything men of iron is who he is so i'm also giving him a hard time right now but it's so good to have you on the show today garrett hey chad thanks for having me man i'm i'm grateful to be here and i'm i'm excited about today i am too so over the last couple of weeks, we've been digging into four pillars uh, that are basically rooted out of Luke 2.52 and the scripture. You, you guys may already know this by heart because I've said it the last two weeks. I'm going to say it this week and next week, and I promise we're moving on to some other things. But what we're going to talk about today is rooted out of Luke 2.52, and it says this, that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and in favor with man. So today we're going to drill down into in favor with God and talking about spiritual growth. Now here, I just want you to know up front, men, if you're listening to this, we're not going to tell you what to believe. You choose what you believe, what to believe. However, if you are a follower of Jesus and you, you want to kind of learn some things about your walk with Jesus, we know that in this show we've got kind of shaped up for you in the conversation. We know that there's going to be some valuable things here that you can kind of pick and choose things that you want to apply to your life as you listen to my story and Garrett's story. And that's what we advise you to do. You do what you want to do, but take these principles and apply them as you see fit. And we believe because we've lived it and we've seen it that you will grow spiritually if you do so. You know, we are a growing audience here at Men of Iron and yet men, we need your help. We need your help because we need you to share this on your social media feeds. We need you to subscribe. We need you to give a good, rating and review on iTunes so we can be bumped up so more people have access to this uh, information and more access to the podcast and what we're doing all around the world. So please subscribe, rate and review, share this as you see fit on your social media feeds. If you trust us, you know, we, you know, we just really value the partnership as you, the audience are jumping in. The Men of Iron podcast is made possible because of sponsors like Backgate Prayers. Did you know there are a multitude of biblical truths that you can claim over your children's lives in prayer? Backgate Prayers research God's promises in scripture to curate and write a set of prayers to claim over your children's lives as they grow. They'll even personalize those prayers with names and a photo. Each set of prayer cards sits in a handmade wooden block and is personalized with names and a favorite picture of the ones you are praying for. Guys, listen up. If you're looking for a meaningful gift for the people you love most, definitely, definitely check them out at batgateprayers.com. This is such an incredible tool to have to focus uh, on praying for your marriage or your kids. And you can use the code MENOFIRON for a 10% discount at checkout. 
Thanks again to BackgatePrayers.com. So I'm going to share a lot of quotes today from Dallas Willard, and then I'm going to ask you a question, Garrett, but I'm going to kind of set the table in this way. Dallas Willard, he said this, one of many things, great things. He said, the world can no longer be left to mere diplomats, politicians, and business leaders. All of the men in the back said amen on that one. (laughs) (laughs) And he continues, they have done the best they could, no doubt. But this is the age for spiritual heroes, a time for men and women to be heroic in their faith and in spiritual character and power. It is high time that the men of God, I believe that the men of God embrace their position and expanding the kingdom of God, living on mission for God and doing it together. I'm fired up about this one, Garrett. So just in hearing that, that quote from Dallas Willard, what does it make you feel? What does it make you think? Oh man, there's so many, there's so many directions I could go with this chat. I mean, let's, let's look at just for example, I know you had this kind of in our, in our notes here before we got started, but you know, when you look at John 10, 10, right, where Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it. There's some different translations abundantly or have it to the full, whatever it, you know, whatever it might be. I just, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I know that Jesus wants us to, as men and women for that matter, but like, okay, we're talking to men here as men to have a full life. What what does that look like, right? What, how do we do that? And when I think about just this idea of, you know, what Dallas Willard here is saying, right? Like, I mean, it is time for men to be heroic in their faith and in spiritual character and power. Um, listen, that is not, uh, that is not a passive <laughs> uh, right. statement, right? There's, there's action in there. Um, there's, there's, yeah, I just, I get so fired up when I hear that because my, my experience is this, and it's not even about my experience, but I think I can share this just from my perspective of leading men of iron over the last 10 years is that when you're talking about a man who is heroic in his faith and in spiritual character and in power, these are often things that are not a priority for most of us walking around. Mm. We're thinking about our businesses. We're thinking about our careers. We're thinking about the possessions we want to go out and grab. And again, those things in and of themselves are not bad. But when I think about an intentional process um, or an in- making this an intentional priority in our lives to be heroic in our faith, um, I, I, I think we, our world would be a lot better of a place if that was more of an emphasis for men walking around today, both in the church and out of the church. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And really, even what Jesus said in John 10, 10, it speaks into this sort of that when just the verse that you quoted and Jesus said, I've came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And part of that abundant life is having spiritual character and living under the power of God. And ultimately, that's what this is about. You know, one of the five F's is faith. And of course, we around Men of Iron, we talk about this, we dream about this, this is our conversation, this is our curriculum, this is our, our, you know, equilibrium, you know, groups, everything that we put on, you know, everything that we do is really centered around these five F's. And faith is, is obviously a big component. What's really interesting, I find, even about Willard's quote and what Jesus is talking about, and really what you alluded to, as it, then it goes into the five F's and faith particularly, faith informs every other aspect of life. There's nothing wrong with a man trying to pursue a career 
and to make money in his, in his career, to handle his finances well, and to, to have a nice home and have, a nice, have nice things. Like that's not the issue. It's when those things become the ultimate. And faith is the very thing that, that should inform every other aspect of life. But yet we can't have lives where our faith is compartmentalized. And I think ultimately that's what happens a lot of times. Our faith is compartmentalized to that time at church or that, that group that we do. And it's kind of like, oh, that's my, that's my faith time. And now I get me time and then work time and then play time and golf time and gym time and family time and marriage time and wife time and however we want, want to slice and dice. But really, faith should be the very thing that informs every other area of life. Faith is a word that has many meanings. It, scripturally, it can mean faithfulness, absolute trust. We also know that faith needs good deeds or else it's really not faith. I mean, that's what even James said in James 2, 14 through 26. He said, faith without works is dead. So there, there has to be some element of our faith where it shows up in everyday life. And I believe that's what James is talking about with works, not working on our salvation. Speaking of salvation, uh, I just want to say this, and I want to ask you a question as it pertains to this, Garrett. Uh, we know that faith is tied closely to salvation, but but it is not a work that we must accomplish to be saved. So it isn't something that we just have to, oh, now I have faith, or tomorrow I don't have faith. Faith is a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says this, For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. So faith is a gift of God, just as grace is a gift of God. And so it's not something that we can just kind of muster up and like we can just man up enough and have enough faith to do these things. Every ounce of faith that we have is a gift from God. And what I love about this, and this speaks into what we do and really what we, the message that we want to get across to, to the men is this. In verse 9, it says, Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Again, that element of works, faith in works, faith working itself out in, in good deeds. And it says that God prepared in advance for us to do. And there's a lot of theology there I'm not going to pack through because this is not a necessarily a theological uh, podcast, but I did want that to kind of set the table for us as we talk about faith and we, we just want to kind of break some of the stereotypes away and say, this is what faith is as it pertains to us. It's a gift of God. It's something that we exercise by the grace of God. So let me just uh, maybe start out this conversation and talk about faith and really talk about your faith journey. And, and when, when did you give your life to Christ? When did you first exhibit the faith that God gave you? Yeah, I would say, you know, I, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, you know, we were the family that we were at church every Sunday morning, Sunday night services, Wednesday night. Um, and so I, I gave my life to Christ at, at an early age. But I will say this, I, I, um, I grew up in the Assemblies of God church. And, and one of the big things they did for, for boys, uh, and they still do to this day, is called Royal Rangers. And we used to, uh, every year, we'd have our annual uh, Pendale District, Pennsylvania, Delaware District, uh, annual powwow. And it was basically a time where all these, all these boys got together and we did a huge camp out with the entire district. And, and you had what, what was called your commanders. Um, you know, these are basically the men that I look back and I'm like, man, some of these guys, I probably need to write them a letter because they were very instrumental mm. in my life as a young boy. But that the, the annual powwow, I was probably maybe nine, 10 years old. That was the, the first time, um, that I can really remember having an experience with the Holy Spirit. 
And, um, you know, it was, it was a Saturday night, a uh, big bonfire going as somebody speaks. And um, I can remember going up to, to kind of the altar call that night. And um, so I would say like nine or 10 was really when I knew it took root uh, in my life. You know, that was really the, the beginning for me of where things started. And and just so the the listening audience, maybe you weren't around Royal Rangers, it's kind of like a Christian version of the Boy Scouts. Yeah, you right. That's fair to say. So it's it, it is that. And actually, I was a Boy Scout. You know, ironically enough, Cub Scout and Boy Scout never made Eagle Scout. Unfortunately, I found uh, girls in in a car uh, prior to getting Eagle Scout. If I'm honest, <laughs> so uh, it diverted my plan of getting Eagle Scout. I came really close, but priorities, uh, Chad priorities. You I know? know I've learned a couple things since then. <laughs> I married her. All right. So there you go. That set one big priority, but, uh, all right. So that's when you, you, you first, uh, exhibited faith as a child, nine or 10 years old. And, you know, just as a, maybe a little encouragement, send, send that guy a letter email or something, you know, it's just such a big difference, right? He mentored you. We're, we're huge on mentoring. He mentored you probably before you even knew what the word meant. Um, just kind of leading you and helping disciple you, you know, and those things aren't necessarily the same, but um, I'm sure there was a lot of mentoring and how to be a man and how to be a Christian man particularly. And uh, so I'll just kind of take Absolutely. that and give, give you a little nudge there. Um, Amen. Some unsolicited advice. All right. So uh, so we don't want to just stay stuck. Like we don't just get saved or, you know, we, we have faith. God's given us faith by his grace. And hey, now we're saved and now we're stuck. Like that's never the goal, right? The goal is to grow spiritually, not to just be saved and kind of, you know, as the old preacher talked to sit and sour in the pew, right? Or sit and sour in the chairs because, you know, we're cool now. We don't have pews in all the churches, but it's like not to just sit, but but to grow. So what are some spiritual rhythms that, that you have in your life right now, or maybe that you have, or you've, you've, you have had in your life and which one of these do you find fits best, uh, as it pertains to seasons of life? Yeah. That, so this, I mean, I could go again, kind of go a lot of different directions with this. I'm just going to kind of highlight just a few that, you know, I feel are instrumental right now. Um, you know, and, and first off I, I do a, a, a day of solitude once a month. So I block it out. I do the third Friday of every month. And if we have a fifth Tuesday, I also do it on the fifth Tuesday. Um, but, uh, solitude taking space is, is something I've learned, uh, back in 2015. And, uh, it probably has really saved not only my spiritual journey, but it's probably saved my, my career here with men of iron. Um, and so a day of space for me just really looks like, you know, getting out. Um, I like doing them outdoors. It's tougher in the winter in the north, but um, I, I always try to get outdoors and, and do something to kind of fire my soul up. So it might be going for a run, going for a bike ride, whatever it might be. But then I'll kind of settle in with, a, with, with the word. I sit down and maybe do a devotion, um, kind of read into scripture a little bit, do some praying, journaling. But then really that the theme of, of a day of space is looking over the last 30 days. Um, and kind of identifying where God showed up and, and looking back at my prayer journal. And mm. it just gives me a position or, or kind of a posture of gratitude where I realized that, you know, God really did show up in some certain things that maybe I w- otherwise wouldn't have recognized. Um, and so I do that and, and I'll write about that for a bit. I'll pray about that stuff for a bit. I'll kind of express my gratitude and I, I do that in a journal. Okay. Um, and then I look ahead the next 30 days. So I'll actually, you know, pull out my calendar and, 
um, you know, kind of look ahead and just identify, you know, Hey, where am I going to need, need the Lord's strength? You know, where, what are some things on the calendar that might be kind of stressors or are things going to be busy a particular week that I need to, you know, be aware of. And I just kind of pray about those things, but it just helps me um, kind of connect with the Lord a little bit differently because I've, I've looked back, I've realized where he showed up and I'm kind of looking ahead and saying, Hey Lord, I really need you here. Um, that, that is one thing. I mean, there's a lot more that goes into a day of space, but the, the, it's something I do just to kind of disconnect from the responsibilities that I've got, you know, whether it's uh, my marriage or kids or, you know, men of iron stuff. Um, you know, people, people want our time. They, they want everything about us. Um, and not just people, but the world just wants us. Right. And so it's going to try and distract us. So I have to kind of shut things down uh, to stay strong, you know, for the next 30 days, which is why I do that. Um, and I would say another one that's kind of relevant for right now. And listen, we're not batting a thousand on this by any means, but we're really trying to, as a family, just kind of recognize Sabbath and, and observe that and honor that. And so for us, that's a Friday night um, into uh, Saturday night and, and really trying to not gain them in the calendar. But, you know, our, our kids, I always tell them like, hey, the Sabbath is, is a time that we rest, we worship, um, you know, we pray and we have fun, you know, and so I picked that up from somebody and it's something that we really, really try to honor. Now it's a little bit tougher, you know, in busy travel seasons right now, but um, you know, it's something that we, we really do try to make an emphasis on, you know, for our kids and just trying to model that. Awesome. Yeah. So there's some really great things you just mentioned. So of the spiritual disciplines that you currently use to grow in, you talked about the, the solitude and that is the third Friday of the month. Yeah, right. I do that on the third Friday. It's just consistently on my calendar. So. so how did you pick that day? Was that just kind of like, hey, we're just, you just had to pick a day and it worked out that way? Or was there something else that drove that? Yeah, I realized like kind of putting it on the front end of a weekend, uh, kind of laid my weekend out really uh, in, a, in a nice way. And then um, it's a way that I could look forward to the end of the week. You know what I mean? Um, and it kind of leads right into Sabbath. So that was one of the reasons I did that. And it just happened to be that when I started scheduling it and put it on my calendar, it just happened to be the third Friday. So I just kind of stuck with it. Cool. Now, is that something that you also, you kind of have as, as far as a mantle of like, just, you know, the, uh, the way the office as well to where you kind of tell the, you know, tell the crew, Hey, pick a day. This is going to be your day and just kind of modeling that. Or is that just uh, something that pertains to you? No. Yeah. We actually, um, we give our guys, this is, I mean, this is something, if you guys are interested, you know, go, go check out Harbor ministries. Um, they've got two, two journeys, rhythm, rhythm and 20 and, and rogue. And it's something that we picked up from there. And when I experienced it, I came back and we just mandated it for our staff. We just said, listen, um, you guys are going to take a day of space. It's non-negotiable. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so, um, you know, because of that, I've seen, um, just the Lord use the staff in big ways, you know, just to kind of, connect with him in a different way. So it is something that every staff member does one time a month. Cool. Yeah. And you also mentioned on that day away, you mentioned journaling. So that's a spiritual discipline that some, some people would like. I, I personally don't journal. It, it is not something that's really therapeutic for me. Uh, but I know a lot of guys that actually helps and that's a spiritual discipline. And there too, even for men who maybe have a hard time in their mind, how to actually articulate things. Uh, and sometimes it's just really good to journal those things out. If we just can't say it, sometimes there's just this disconnection in our, with our words, but yet we can have it go head to, you know, mind to heart to, to hand and be able to write those things out. So I definitely would advise men 
try that if they haven't. And then also prayer, that's kind of an obvious one. And then, you know, just reading the word, that would be obvious as well. And then a devotional time. And, you know, I think there's something that really speaks into both Sabbath and also the time away, and that's discipline. There, there's a core element of, of discipline. I love what Jocko Willink has said in, in his books, multiple books that he's written, that discipline equals freedom. And ultimately, I think we're talking about freedom in a different realm, but obviously it's freedom from the love of the world, freedom from being habituated to the world is really, I think, how I apply that quote. But it takes discipline. It takes the, the you know, having that hard stop on that third Friday of the month to say, no, 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 I'm going to discipline myself. This is a hard stop. I'm getting out of town. doesn't really matter what's going on. I'm getting out of town. I'm getting out in nature, getting out and, you know, use the term space, which I love, and to kind of rehabituate yourself and reorient yourself to God. And I think this is a core element, both for times away in silence and solitude, but also in Sabbath, that there's, that there's a discipline aspect to it. You don't, you don't do this by accident. You have to plan for this. So what kind of things have you done to help with Sabbath particularly? Because I know that's a big one, and especially if it's Friday night to Saturday, there's a lot of time there. You know, chores get done usually on Saturdays. And I just had a, a long conversation this morning, actually, about Sabbath with, with some men that I'm discipling and mentoring here. Uh, but what does it look like for you? Yeah, I, I mean, I, first, I think it starts with just a very honest conversation, you know, with my wife to say, hey, I, I really like to pursue this. It does take a team effort, you know. And like I said, man, <laughs> This is not meant to like make it sound like, oh yeah, we've got this nailed down and, you know, cause we, we, we have to fight for it, man. It's hard. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just that intentional shift in your mind to say, Hey, we're not going to schedule anything. Um, we're going to try not to. Um, and if we do schedule things, it's going to be Sabbath related. So it doesn't mean that you can't have family and friends over to your house. That's exactly what Sabbath is for, right? It, it's a time to uh, congregate. It's a time to have fun. It's a time to bless other people. Um, you know, it's a time to have a good meal together. So, you know, those are things, but as far as like, what do you have to do to make it happen? You just have to intentionally say, is this something we're willing to fight for? Right. Mm -hmm. So kind of going back to that day of space, for example, I'll never forget it. The guy that really challenged me with a Tim Bulky from Harbor. Um, I'll never forget me. He looked at me and, you know, he, he said something that I'll never forget. he just looked at me and said, listen, Garrett, like everything's going to try and get in the way of this like your calendar, your work, your kids, your wife, like all the responsibilities. And he looked at me square in the eyes. He was dead serious. He's like, you're going to have to fight like hell for this. Like I remember him looking at me and saying like, you have to fight for this. And, and that, for whatever reason, when he said that, it just stuck to me. And I realized in that moment right there when he said it, whether it's Sabbath, whether it's a day of space, whether it's getting up and working out, like you've yeah. got to fight for it because other things are going to get in the way. And so it's got to become a priority. You got to get it on the calendar mm -hmm. and you got to fight for it. You got to say no to other things. Mm -hmm. And I think we live in a day and age where there's just so much available to us. It's hard, hard to say no. Um, you know, so yeah, I think you just kind of have to fight for it. It has to be this conscious mindset that you have that's saying, Hey, this is taking priority and we're not going to let anything else get in front of it. And I think the whole vision intention means thing plays a big part of this as well. It's like, what is that, you know, creating a vision, a spiritual vision for your life? What does that look like? To not just limp along spiritually, but to grow spiritually, to be mature, to be 
somebody who can, you know, not to sound so flighty and, and so mystical and spiritual, but somebody literally to be able to hear from God. We believe that as followers of Jesus, you can actually commune with the living God and you can actually live under his power. And I realize that you're like, you, you listeners, you totally expect somebody to say that. And you're like, yeah, right. I'm telling you, it's legit. It's real. Um, but we have been so habituated to, to the world and to technology that, that I think it's so easy to miss God in the midst of living. But what Jesus has on offer is abundant life, John 10, 10. Let me ask you this, Garrett, because I mentioned technology, and that is, I mean, if there's one obstacle that all of us have to, like, form disciplines and boundaries, whatever word you want to use to describe Technology is something that we definitely have to deal with as far as spiritual growth and, and specifically with Sabbath, if you're going to create that rhythm, or if you are, are, are going to be somebody who just takes a day away for some silence and solitude. So what does that look like? Do you bring technology with you? Do you leave it in the truck? What does that look like? And how would you advise a guy to be able to handle technology in that situation? Yeah. This, this, so man, this is, I don't want to overlook this because this is, I think if you're listening, this is so important. This is huge because I, so I take the side of technology is a great thing and it can help these spiritual disciplines, right? Like they can be part of the process, but I'm the first one. And I say it like I just this morning, I pulled out my through the word app with Chris Langham. If you haven't checked that out, guys, check it out. Uh, he does a, a, a kind of a, uh, works through the entire Bible chapter by chapter. He's got it broken down by book. It's called through the word, go download it. It's amazing. Um, but even on the app, right? Like it's, you're, you're listening to this commentary each morning and <laughs> your email notifications are popping up or yeah. your social media notifications are popping up. So you can get side railed pretty quickly. But so I think in the morning, it's one thing like on a day of space, Chad, uh, I put it on an airplane mode because I still want to be able to access my music a little bit. Uh, and be able to listen to some worship or whatever. Um, but the bottom line is I have to put it in airplane mode because I'm not disciplined enough not to reply to that text or not to read that email. And then what it does is just my mind goes a different direction. Like it's no longer about communing with God, but it's about now I've got this other thing that I'm thinking about. So I kind of have to shut it down on those days of space. Um, I am constantly convicted regarding technology in my home. Um, you know, we're doing a pretty good job. We've got young ones, but we're doing a pretty good job at kind of navigating what we allow them to have in the home. But like, you know, I can't tell you how many times I catch myself like with this phone in my face, you know, while my kids are playing and you know, it's just not modeling real good. So there's some really good books out there on that. But I would say as far as Sabbath goes, just trying to put my phone back on the charging station. That's something that we have in our home that we don't utilize enough. We have a, a charging station where, kind of our agreement is, Hey, we're going to kind of keep the phones here while we're engaging as a family and we're not going to look at them. Um, I think it's a really good thing out there, but, uh, we're not, we're, we're like, if we had to grade ourselves on that right now, I'd say we're failing, but, um, I would say, you know, there's really good things with the technology, Chad, that you can utilize, whether it's you version through the word, these uh, other resources that are out there. I know there's even some like, you know, spiritual meditation things that you can, you can get into. I think some of those are good, but the bottom line is it can be a really, really good thing or it can derail you and you got to know who you are uh, at your core <laughs> and how disciplined you are before you go down that lane. Uh, I 
absolutely agree. And that's, that's actually what I was going to say too, that men just have to be aware of who you are. And then also what are, what are your weaknesses? Some, some guys, you know, they're a discipline when it comes to technology and maybe they've read books like tech wise family, where it talks about the, you know, all of the, the digital implications, not only just in an individual, but, but then within a family and maybe they put some parameters around it and they're like, it's not a problem for me because I already know. So they maybe could bring their phone and they're not going to be tempted to open it up, but there could be somebody like you or like me who says, I've got to put that on airplane mode because I know me, I'm, it's going to ding, vibrate something and I'm off to the races. And all of a sudden it's Instagram and I'm following up and chasing leads. I mean, it's just, it can be, it can be really a trap, but you wisely said you have to know who you are. You know, so we talked about spiritual rhythms individually. We talked about some of those that you even has a family with, uh, within Sabbath, which was great. And one of the things that I, I want us to kind of understand too, just for the guy who maybe is, he's a little hesitant to embrace spiritual disciplines or the spiritual practices or what uh, some people call like John Ortberg or uh, Richard Foster or Dallas Willard, the late great Dallas Willard would call spiritual formation. I think some guys, you know, we, we kind of get caught up in this, okay, yeah, I'm a Christian because I walked the aisle, I prayed the prayer, I did the thing, and they're stuck. Again, we're about helping you grow spiritually because spiritual growth is something that we all should do. I mean, this is the reason why that the Apostle Paul said to his young protege, Timothy, he said, train yourself to be godly. In other words, there's going to be a part of this that, that requires your effort. You can't just stand like, oh, it's just, it's all about faith. I just believe. This is, yeah, you need to put that, you need to put some legs to that belief. You need to put some hands to that belief, some action to that belief. And Dallas Willard, he said this, he says, grace is not opposed to, or excuse me, yeah, grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Hmm. So it's not opposed to effort. So there's going to be some element of discipline that is required if we want to, to train ourselves to be godly. And what this passage even continues in 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, as it continues, it says this, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. What is he saying? He's saying, the same, he's saying better what I said earlier. Faith informs every aspect of life. Because but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. There's an eternal value to this. There's a, there's a temporal in this life value to growing spiritually, to taking the spiritual practices that, that you actually talked about, and, and then moving from there. I want to I help a guy who maybe he, he doesn't Maybe he doesn't know how spiritual growth happens, or maybe he's at, at this kind of critical moment in his life to where maybe this is an opportunity for him to grow, but he doesn't recognize it. And I would like to break it down in, in kind of explaining the two different types of time as the Bible talks about time. And the first one is chronos. And think of that as just a, chron, you know, a chronograph. It's just time over time. It's just as much time currently we're about 29 minutes into this conversation. It's just time over time. Time just keeps ticking away. And then there's Kairos time. Kairos time is, is more like an opportune time. It's event-oriented time. Oftentimes, when it comes to our spiritual growth, that God presents us, he's trying to present us over and over and over Kairos moments. These moments that are opportune moments 
to change or to grow. But I think sometimes we just miss those. So part of these Kairos times could be pain points in marriage. Maybe it's a health scare. Maybe it's you're just raising kids. Maybe it's a financial issue. And all, but any of these things, you know, those are all, those tend to be kind of negative. It also could be good things, just stepping into a marriage or having kids. That's really what my story was, just having my first son. And it was like being overwhelmed and, and going through that journey. But what kind of things or events have happened in your life that have helped you grow, Garrett? Oh, man. Uh, I feel like this is part of why solitude days of space were so good because you can identify actually, you know, some of the storms that you went through the last 30 days. But, you know, obviously the more relevant ones, like, you know, having kids is a big deal. Um, you know, it, 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 it changes your marriage. It, it changes your priorities and what you once knew no longer is. And so, you know, I think kids is, is, is very relevant. Um, you know, men of iron. Uh, itself, this whole journey, um, you know, the expectations that I put in my mind of, of where we should be going and what we should be accomplishing versus what, what's really happened. I mean, there can be some resentment in that. There can be some bitterness that builds up. So like, these are all things that, you know, I've had to be conscious of. Um, you know, I, I would say a bigger one, uh, you know, it's something that, you know, that I've, I've worked through and, and continue to work through actually through to this day. But I was actually sexually abused at the age of uh, between the ages of like eight and 10. And um, you know, looking back, I didn't tell anybody about that until I was like 21, Chad. So, wow. you know, that was a big deal at 21 years old, kind of coming out with that and telling my family and having to go through some counseling and understanding how all that kind of impacted me, right? Like exposed me to pornography when I was a kid, like every bit of my innocence as a childhood would just, as a child was just kind of taken away. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of had to understand that through that process, it created a lot of negative things, negative mindsets, right? Uh, negative, whatever it might be, it, there was a lot of things I had to work through through that. And the only way that I knew how to work through that, and I went and got faith-based counseling was like, I don't know how I would have worked through that without a faith foundation, mm -hmm. right? And I think you got to look at some of these stories that are out there, whether it's your own story or a story like mine, but like, look at a guy like a, a Tony Dungy, for example, somebody that we know really, really well um, from an outside, like, okay, he's an iconic NFL figure who his son commits suicide, right? Like, how do you go through that? I, that that's something I can't imagine that. And, and their family fell to rock bottom, but you know what? Like they landed on their faith foundation mm -hmm. and they were able to rebuild from there. So yeah, I, I agree. I mean, these are things that we have to be able to kind of identify when we're going and some storms are bigger than others, right? We've got to be able to identify when we're either getting into a storm or coming out of a storm or, you know, uh, coming out of one or getting ready to go into one or whatever it might be. Um, it's, it's, it's crucial. It's absolutely crucial. But those are just some of my own ones that, you know, I think are relevant for, for listeners. Oh, I think they're relevant too. And, you know, again, it's, it doesn't necessarily just have to be a pain point, although it seems like, you know, just as Pete Scazzaro said, he says, through pain, we often develop a hunger for change. Mm -hmm. And so it is, it is through pain that we develop a hunger for change. But yet what we want to do is we want to inspire you men to pursue growth before the pain comes. We want you to pursue growth before the storm comes. We want you to have a faith foundation. That way when the storm comes that your world isn't turned upside down. I can't imagine going through 
the trauma that you went through, Garrett, without a faith foundation, without at 21 and you bringing about that information without having a firm foundation to fall upon or even leading men of iron and, and you know, be leading not only an organization, but having influence over so many other men really all over the country, uh, whether it's directly or indirectly through curriculum or through training or, or through uh, events. And, and now that's a, that's a heavy burden for you to carry. And with that, it takes a strong foundation because, you know, there's been just, you can't be strong enough in your own right to, to bear the weight of that. It's a, and, and it's a, here's the deal. I want to make sure that to the listener out there, to the guy that's listening to, like, that's a big storm, right? That's a big storm. Yeah. But we have daily storms. Like we've got these daily, weekly, monthly storms that we go through and sometimes we're not even aware that, that we're in that. And, and that's why I love what, what Jesus talks about with the wise and foolish builders, right? Like in Matthew 7, 24 through 27, but I won't read it word for word, but essentially he's saying, listen, there's, there's two different kinds of builders out there, two different kinds of houses, right? One's built on solid rock and one's, on, one's built on sand. And the house that's on solid rock, like when the winds come, the storms come, the waves beat up against that house, it stands firm. The house that's not, that's built on sand, you know what? Like it's going to fall with a great crash. And I think we have to, you know, something we always say in our equilibrium retreats is, you know, both houses, right? They look great until a storm comes. <laughs> and, and it's only the, the house that was built on a solid foundation that's standing in the end. And I think we need to understand, guys, that these storms that we're going through, they're so temp temporary. Like it's, it's on this this life that we're living now, but with a solid rock, man, we, we get to experience eternity in heaven. That's a gift that's given to us. Mm -hmm. And so you look at like, what am I living for in a temporary? Like, don't put your hope in this stuff, right? Cause that house is just going to fall. It's just going to fall with a great crash. But when you're living a life that's built on that solid rock, not only are you going to be able to get through the today's storms and, and this life storms, but you're given so much hope and eternity. I mean, that's, that's where it's, that's what it's about. And that's really what it's. And so those storms can look different. I just wanted to make sure we hurt. We hear that is that, you know, it might be the fact that you're not connecting. You're not building oneness with your wife. That might be the storm that you're going through. Well, be aware of that. Right. But the only way that you're going to build that oneness is when your foundation is solid. So everybody's got a different storm that they're going through, Chad. Yeah. They do. And, you know, it's, it's something as simple as maybe it's not even like a long-term storm, like even the oneness, losing oneness in marriage, that, that can be like a long-term kind of a slow fade, you know, kind of issue. A storm could be, you know, you come home from work and, you know, you come home from work and maybe your wife is at the house and she's had a tough day. You're walking into a storm that you don't even know exists. I mean, you could literally walk right into it and yet you have to choose, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to run off and hide or am I going to take that, for, that I'm going to take all that energy that she's bringing to me and now I'm going to bring it better back to her. That's a storm. And if we have faith as a foundation that helps us to be present in whatever situation we're in, whether it's a, it is like a small storm or a long-term storm or something that has to do with maybe something in our past, you know, uh, something rooted you know, like, like an abusive type of storm right. situation. So let me ask you just a couple more questions as we wind down the show for today. What role does a mentor play in a man's spiritual growth? I'm so glad you asked that, Chad. This is really where I get fired up now, brother. 
this is where I get fired up because I, I, first off, there's, there's no role that can take over what God does in a man's life. However, we see this play out in scripture all the time, right? Is where there's a man coming alongside of another man, whether it's Barnabas to Paul, whether it's Paul to Timothy. I mean, there's multiple examples, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus and the disciples. Um, we, we see it play out where through those relationships, we get accountability. Number one, um, mentors can help uh, a protege um, get a better idea or have some awareness and balance, right? Which is what we're all about here. Faith, family, friends, fitness, and finances. How are you prioritizing those things? How are you balancing those things? So you've got accountability, you've got balance. And then that last piece is the spiritual growth. So like, I'm a firm believer that mentors in their words, uh, how they listen. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, a mentor, if it's a consistent meeting between mentor and protege, that's the kind of mentorship that's established. That mentor should be asking really good questions so much so that the protege's got some things to do between meeting one and meeting two, between mm -hmm. meeting two and meeting three, right? Like, so one of the things that we always challenge mentors to do is give that protege something to do that's going to make him grow closer to God, whether it's, hey, let's read through the word together. Um, let's keep a prayer journal. Let's each of us keep a prayer journal, come back and, and let's talk through that. Um, there's a million different directions that you could go, but mentors at the end of the day can really help establish that accountability to the things that God is speaking to that protege that he wants that man to get done. Protege has got to be willing to share that mentor holds him accountable to it. You check in on the balance in that man's life. And then finally can really challenge him in some of these spiritual disciplines um, and it's a great opportunity for the mentor to now do these things as well, right? Like we can't, we can't preach something that we're not practicing. And so that's why I love mentorship is the mentor grows just as much as the protege in the process. And so um, there's no better way for a man to grow spiritually than with a Bible in his hand and a mentor by his side. I'm just a huge believer in that. Hmm, that's a good word. So how would you... Uh, you know, what would you say to a guy to help him take this podcast, what we've talked about, given a lot of great ideas, shared some, I think, inspiring thoughts, hopefully. Uh, but what would you say to a guy to just encourage him to help himself grow spiritually? What would you say to that guy in closing? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can't do it on your own. You know, like you, you, you can't, there's some elements of some spiritual disciplines that, yeah, we can practice daily, right? Like getting up and being in the word and I would say this is, you you know, um, there's a lot of different disciplines out there when it comes to growing your faith. And sometimes the ones that we kind of navigate or we, we tend to navigate toward um, and, and they come most natural to us, we believe that they are the best ones there, right? And so this is my problem sometimes is whether it's with discipleship, the discipleship process or whether it's with what how spiritual disciplines are talked about. It's like different men respond differently to different things, right? So mm -hmm. like one is not better than the other, but I will say, I believe a, a firm foundational component to all this is um, being, in, being in the word. We just, there's too many men that are biblically illiterate. Um, and, and now in today's age, we have way more resources than we probably know what to do with to help, you know, whether it's commentaries, whether it's just getting into a Bible study, but um, I would say just be very careful on how much you're following topically versus really digging in and understanding God's character and his nature through his word um, is just huge. And so 
Uh, that's probably a whole other podcast, but I believe again, like you, the, the words got to be at the foundation and understanding that and keeping it simple. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. Don't feel like you, you know, don't let it uh, overwhelm you. Keep it simple. Read a, read a verse a day, you know, or, or read a chapter a day. That's what works for me right now. But the words got to be at the foundation of all that. And, and if you don't know what you're doing in there, then, you know, contact us at Men of Iron and we can point you in the right direction. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, you have listened to this podcast and now you have a task. You have a task or a few tasks actually to take this and put it into action. Don't just listen to what uh, has been talked about. Now go put these principles into practice. Go do that. And we believe that you will grow spiritually by doing so. Garrett, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. Chad, man, thank you for leading this charge. These podcasts are great. Getting a ton of awesome feedback from guys, Chad, and uh, just really appreciate how God's using you here at Men of Iron, man. Awesome. Hey, whoever is giving positive, uh, you know, positive feedback, have them do what I'm going to tell the listener to do right now. Share it on their social media feeds. Give us an honest rating and review on iTunes. That way we can get this message out to everybody else. So gentlemen, it's been my pleasure being the host of this show. Hopefully that you have learned a lot and that you will grow by doing so. We will catch you next week as we finish up our series based out of Luke 2.52. Until then, put what you hear into practice. This Men of Iron podcast is brought to you by Men of Iron. If you're interested in getting involved in or supporting the vision of changing a culture one man at a time, or you simply want to know more about our Strong 27 Mentorship Experience, Equilibrium Retreats, Anchored Man Video Series, or Men of Iron Plus, go to menofiron.org.